the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Today, as is our habit, we'll take a look at the headlines and in the second half of this first hour, the lighter side of the news. James Blinn will join me for that on this April Fool's Day. No connection. I'm not suggesting anything. He'll just be joining us. And in the last hour of today's program, the Christian Outlook, we'll hear Dr. Albert Moeller. He's going to comment on Florida's parental rights and education bill signed into law by Governor DeSantis this week. You'll also hear David Kubal, president of Intercessors for America, talking about uh, God's working through several Christian ministries in war-torn Ukraine. And finally, General Jack Keane will talk about the continuing war there, what is happening and what we might expect. All of that coming up on today's Friday edition. Well, taking a look at the headlines, Ukraine's President Zelensky launched a project to compensate citizens there whose real estate has been destroyed in the Russian invasion. Florida Attorney General Ashley Moody says the state is safe after a state of emergency in Miami Beach, but Spring Breakers said their parents are still worried and concerned. I guess this um, this coming week is spring break somewhere. A, a Georgia mom explains that after reading a book with sexually explicit content that's available to high schoolers in a school board meeting, Michelle Brown said parents are afraid to challenge the board. She was shut down. Apparently it was inappropriate for the school board meeting, but deemed appropriate for high school students. Representative, uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got into a Twitter feud with a progressive journalist and former MSNBC host for skipping a union rally and going to the Met Gala instead. Looking for gas alternatives, a new report reveals that searches for electric vehicles skyrocketed 173% in March as gas prices remain elevated nationwide. And sending Democrats back to the drawing board, state legislative and congressional maps redrawn by New York Democrats were tossed out by a judge who declared them unconstitutional. And hunting for Hunter, Republicans sent letters to the White House and the National Archives. They're seeking records regarding Hunter Biden's communications with the White House. And Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced a program providing $12.5 million for transportation relief, a low-income resident, uh, two low-income residents to combat gas prices. A CNN producer says of his own network, CNN is in a sorry state of affairs, facing looming leadership changes, struggling ratings and the embarrassing launch of a suboptimal product, end quote. A CNN guest argued that the solution to skyrocketing gas prices was to simply use less gasoline and diesel. Wow. Who, who saw that coming? Well, calling it historic, White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain was mocked for celebrating the Biden administration's release of an unprecedented amount of oil from the foreign or rather the federal emergency reserve. Let's hope we don't have an actual emergency. We will not be prepared. 
An NPR podcast spent its Thursday show exploring how environmentalism overlaps with racism and the Nazis. Okay. Michael Schellenberger says the left's restrictions on oil, gas production damage the country from an economic, environmental and national security standpoint. So does that make him a Nazi or a racist? I'm a little confused. Well, Disney has now transformed into a political propaganda machine that grooms children for abortions and sexual promiscuity. Have fun. Tucker Carlson reminds that the Federal Election Commission just fined the Democratic National Committee, or DNC, and Hillary Clinton's campaign more than $100,000. The FEC determined that the Clinton campaign tried to hide its role in funding the Steele, now discredited Steele dossier. Senator Rick Scott has called into question not just the ACA, but also the core foundation of healthcare infrastructure and vital programs like Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. The Ukrainian-American school custodian was reminded just how much family she has at her school when teachers and students decorated the halls of the school to honor Ukraine amid the attacks on the country by Russia. She was moved to tears. In a case of blatant Disney hypocrisy, the Walt Disney Company is expanding its media empire into at least 10 anti-gay countries and regions as the company takes a left-wing stance in the U.S. where it's safe and easy and they expect it won't impact their bottom line. We'll see if that uh, last one will be the case. In a government-sponsored kick in the pants, several states are dramatically reducing unemployment benefits for out-of-work Americans in an effort to force people to fill thousands of open jobs. In a series of Heritage Foundation surveys, Heritage Action for America announced a set of strategic policy polls. In education, half of all Americans, or 50%, say parents of school-aged children should have a role in deciding what is taught in public school, while 50% also believe we should have school choice programs which allow parents to use some of the money that government would spend uh, to educate their child in traditional public school to send them to public, private, or charter schools of their choosing. The rule of law, a majority of Americans or 64 percent disapprove of the job the president and Congress have done addressing illegal immigration and the crisis at the southern border and believe they should reinstate some previous Trump administration policies at 61 percent. With regard to election integrity, most Americans support photo IDs to vote at 79 percent and oppose vote trafficking practices like ballot harvesting harvesting at 66 percent. In spending and inflation, 80% of Republicans and a plurality of independents, 80% of Republicans, 43% of independents blame reckless government spending rather than COVID for historic inflation. On China, most Americans believe China's military expansion and aggressiveness is a direct threat to the national security of America, 74%, and that China has been stealing American jobs and technology for decades, and it's time to stop depending on the communist country at 87%. Big tech, most Americans at 82% believe big tech companies have too much power over their platforms and have used it to expand their control of the public debate and shape our politics. Finally, protecting life, a majority of Americans support limits on abortion at 56% and banning taxpayer funding of abortion. The Biden administration put trans extremism ahead of parents 
From that story in the New York Post, President Biden released a video message to mark International Transgender Day of Visibility on Thursday, saying that transgender people are made in the image of God and that their parents should affirm their gender identity. There's great irony in the fact that uh, the verse uh, the president is uh, using to promote Transgender Day actually reads, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. From National Review, what kind of interventions constitute early gender-affirming care? Puberty blockers, using certain types of hormones to pause um, uh, pubertal development. When? During puberty. Hormone therapy, testosterone hormones for those who are assigned female at birth, estrogen hormones for those who are assigned male at birth. When? Early adolescence onward. Gender-affirming surgeries, top surgeries to create male uh, shape or enhance of the breast, bottom surgery, surgery on genitalia, re- reproductive organs, facial feminization, and other procedures. When? Typically used in adulthood or case-by-case in adolescence, not reversible not reversible. Abigail Schreier weighs in, saying the Biden administration has now determined that gender-affirming care, including puberty blockers, hormones, and surgery, surgeries, plural, is a right of trans youth and appropriate and necessary for their health. The Biden Justice Department will come after states that disagree, or for that matter, medical professionals who argue to the contrary, based on science. From Ali Beth Stuckey, Let's move past the fact that our government is endorsing the most Orwellian destructive concept of our time and talk about how strange it is that the flag is baby colors. President Biden blames gas prices on greed after Putin, of course. From National Review, the fact sheet says too many companies aren't doing their part and are choosing to make extraordinary profits and without making additional investment to help with supply. Bottom of uh, form, this is Pure nonsense economically. Greed would motivate oil companies to produce more in times like the present when the price of oil is over $100 per barrel. Supply curves slope upward. The administration is ignoring the actual constraints that oil companies face in order to vilify them while in the same document asking them very nicely to do the right thing by committing to ramp up production now. Well, California is the latest state to consider legalizing the killing of babies born alive Notwithstanding any other law, the person shall not be subject to civil or criminal liability or penalty or otherwise deprived of their rights, unless you happen to be the child in utero, based on their actions or omissions with respect to their pregnancy or actual potential or alleged pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, stillborn or abortion or perinatal death. Dan McLaughlin says pro-choice or party of death. California Democrats follow Maryland Democrats in proposing the decriminalization of letting a newborn baby die of neglect within the first month after birth. It's hard to believe these are actual stories, but this is what's happening in our country in the 21st century. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up for the next two segments, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. Well, a public opinion strategies poll finds the public agrees with the Florida uh, bill, the parental rights bill, uh, when they're reading the actual language, including a majority of Democrat voters and Biden voters. So facts actually matter. Meanwhile, a lawsuit has been filed to stop the bill. Now, the law. Dr. Albert Moeller weighs in, saying that the bill... um, 
The bill will be challenged in court, and Governor DeSantis knows it. It's a no-lose situation for him. If the law stands, his signature is on it. If it is successfully challenged, he did what he could to defend the rights of parents. And we uh, need look no further than Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia to figure out if defending the right of parents is a successful campaign strategy. It is, and it ought to be. The Hillary Clinton campaign has agreed to pay the six-figure fine related to the Steele dossier. The campaign, the 2016 presidential campaign, and the Democratic National Committee have agreed to pay $113,000 to settle a Federal Election Commission investigation into whether they violated campaign finance law by misreporting spending on research that eventually became the infamous Steele dossier. Millions of jobs are still unfilled, but according to the story, the savings of the unemployed is dwindling, which should get them off the couch sometime soon. Well, Fox News names Caitlyn Jenner as a contributor, an interesting move considering she is he is trans, although he leans conservative in a number of areas. Johnny and Friends rescued 300 Ukrainians with disabilities in the war-torn Ukraine. A U.S.-based pro-life ministry is helping a vulnerable group of people who often are forgotten during tumultuous times. The organization has helped nearly 300 Ukrainians with disabilities and their caregivers escape across the border to safety since the war with Russia began. Another month of steady job growth. The economy added 431,000 jobs in March, coming in a bit below the anticipated number of 490,000, but perhaps easing fears of a slowing economy. Also, February's numbers were revised upward from 678,000 to 750,000. The headline unemployment rate dipped to 3.6%, while the overall unemployment rate also saw a slight drop of 0.3% to come in at 6.9%. All in all, nothing shocking about the report, notes the State Street Global Advisors Chief Economist, Simona Mikoda. She added that even if this report came in at zero, I would still say this is a very healthy labor market. Unsurprisingly, with the ending of the COVID pandemic, the sector showing the biggest employment gains was the leisure and hospitality industries, coming in at 102,000 jobs added. The negative news is that minimal 0.4% wage gains are woefully inadequate to address the 40-year high inflation. The Federal Reserve's preferred measure rose 5.4% in February, the highest since 1983. Socialist Sanders exposes his own, well, taste for wealth. The Vermont socialist, he wants almost all the money. He made this clear in his new tax proposal in which he advocates a 95% tax on business profits in certain situations. Of course, he advocates for this ridiculous legalization of government theft against big business by falsely asserting that they have been ripping off Americans without evidence. Sanders claims that big business has been price gouging the public throughout the pandemic. That's awfully ironic. Uh, given the fact that it was government, not business, that shut down the economy, forcing millions of Americans out of work and creating the current ballooning inflation rate. But never mind that reality. Sanders insists the time has come for Congress to work for working families and demand that big corporations pay their, you guessed it, fair share. So when will the time come for the biggest and most inefficient corporation of them all, the federal government, to stop gouging the American taxpayer and cut its massive out-of-control spending? Well, Sanders, like all socialists, is not really interested in fairness. What he wants is the accumulation uh, of power to government officials like himself. He wants the money to spend it on, well, his own agenda.
Jen Psaki is planning to leave the White House this spring for an MSNBC gig. When asked in by the press in a press conference earlier today, she denied that she was planning to go nowhere, but didn't say that she wasn't considering a job with MSNBC. Her ethics were questioned, and she assured reporters uh, there in the White House that uh, there was no conflict. The White House announced the Defense Production Act will invoke the um, will be invoked for EV battery materials and younger women now earn at least as much as or more than men in 22 metro areas. YouTube has banned St. Louis talk radio stations channel for discussing election integrity. Just the discussion of it was too much. An Oregon middle school teacher who says he's the proudest of training kids in personal pronouns was escorted out by police after reportedly sending nude photos to a student. Despite Western sanctions, the Russian ruble and banks are recovering. And support for Vladimir Putin is strong in Russia, while the Ukraine war continues. On this day in history, 1789, the U.S. House of Representatives holds its first full meeting in New York. Frederick Muhlenberg of Pennsylvania is elected the first House Speaker. 1933, Nazi Germany stages a day-long national boycott of Jewish-owned businesses. 1949, excuse me, 1945, American forces launched the amphibious invasion of Okinawa during World War II. U.S. forces would succeed in capturing the island on the 22nd of June. 1954, the United States Air Force Academy is established by President Dwight D. Eisenhower. 1970, President Richard M. Nixon signs a measure banning cigarette advertising on radio and television. 1972, the first Major League Baseball player strike begins. It lasts 12 days. 1976, Apple Computer is founded by Steve Jobs, uh, Steve Wozniak, and Ronald Wayne. 1987, on this day in history. In his first speech on the AIDS epidemic, President Ronald Reagan tells doctors in Philadelphia... We've declared AIDS public health enemy number one. 1992, the National Hockey League Players Association goes on its first ever strike, which lasts 10 days. 2003, American troops enter a hospital in Nazaria, Iraq, and rescue Army uh, PFC Jessica Lynch, who had been held prisoner since her unit was ambushed on the 23rd of March. And finally, on this day in history, 2014, mocking his critics, President Barack Obama boasts that 7.1 million people signed up for his health care law and says the debate over repealing this law is over. I remember when repealing this law was the major issue for Republicans. They toyed with the idea, they approached it, they backed off, and it never actually happened. Well, today, of course, is the the first day of April, and that is when the April Fool's Day is uh, pronounced. It's an annual custom for pranksters, and while the day has been celebrated by practical jokers for hundreds of years, very few know the origin of April Fool's. Well, a few facts that will expand your knowledge about this rather strange day. April Fool's Day is observed on the first day of April every year, even though the day's first official observance isn't altogether clear. Some historians believe the day might have originated in the 16th century in France, when some towns switched from the Julian calendar, which celebrated New Year's Day on April 1st, to the current Gregorian calendar, which celebrates New Year's Day on the 1st of January, according to History.com. French townspeople who failed to observe the New Year in January were reportedly dubbed fools and were targeted for pranks and jokes. 
That sounds plausible. Well, April Fool's Day celebrations, they made their way to Britain during the 18th century and eventually to Scotland. The latter country went on to uh, turn April Fool's into a two-day celebration, which was once called Huntigauk Day and Tally Day. I have no idea. On those days, however, Scottish celebrators, they reportedly sent people on fake errands and attached faux tails and kick-me signs on the backs of unsuspecting folk. That sounds fun. Um, For April Fool's Day, traditionalists in the UK and in other countries under British influence, pranking stops at 12 p.m. Let's just bring it a little bit closer to home. April Fool's Day uh, became a notable custom in the U.S. in the 19th century. A standout quote about the day is attributed to American novelist Mark Twain, who said, The first day of April is the day we remember what we are the others 364 of the year, as reported by the Library of Congress. (laughs) Reminds us of what we are to others for the other days of the year. Well, a YouGov America poll from 2021 found that 47% of American adults find April Fool's Day to be annoying versus 45% who find the day to be amusing. The same poll found that 59% of American adults dislike having April Fool's Day pranks played on them. 46% admitted they like playing April Fool's Day pranks on other people. 1923, 1934, 1945... The year I was born, 1956, 2018, and 2029, April Fool's Day and Easter occasionally collide because the Christian holiday is observed on the first Sunday after the spring equinox full, uh, first full moon. Therefore, the floating holiday falls on April the 1st a few times every century. In the 20th century, the two events shared the same day on the, in the years I mentioned a moment ago. The last April Fool's Day Easter occurrence happened in 2018, and the next will be in 2029. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, James Blind will join me and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. And oh, yes, there is some lighter side to the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. I've invited James Blend to join me to take a look at some of the lighter side of the news. Happy April Fool's Day, Jim. Oh, thank you. I called you Jim. I, I know noticed. that's annoying. Very. Yeah, sorry, Jim. So why don't you just say April Fool's Day and call me James? I will, Jim. <sighs> just before the break, I was talking about the origins of April Fool's Day and some of the interesting facts surrounding it. Here's some notable April Fool's Day pranks. That were played here in the U.S. Uh, in 1878, a defunct tabloid, the New York Graphic, it fooled its readers into believing that Thomas Edison invented a food machine that could turn soil into cereal and water into wine, which it accomplished with a convincing ad spot. People fell for it. Hmm? Hmm. 1950, the Progress newspaper, known um, now as the Clearfield Progress, In Pennsylvania, shocked local readers with a photo of a flying saucer on its front page, according to hoaxes.org. And people believed it. Well, some. 1992, NPR confused American voters when the public radio station's Talk of the Nation show ran a fake segment that Richard Nixon was running for president with a third term loophole. Not the first time they've got it wrong since 1992, but anyway... 
people believed it. 1996, Taco Bell pranked Americans with a fake ad that announced the restaurant had purchased the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, the actual Liberty Bell, and renamed it the Taco Liberty Bell as a way (laughs) to help with the national debt. 2016, Google launched and quickly disabled an April Fool's Day prank that gave uh, Gmail users the option of adding a mic drop gif uh, of a Despicable Me character, one of the minions. The feature was placed right near Gmail's send and send and archive buttons, which caused unfortunate circumstances for people who accidentally hit the feature button when they sent out serious emails. Some people were not amused. Google responded with an apology that said due to a bug or a minion in this case, the mic drop feature inadvertently caused more headaches than laughs. We're truly sorry. (laughs) So that's uh, that's pretty much gone. Now, you brought this uh, next story to my attention. It's the Blipper Law billboard campaign that's gone up, at least I know, on McLaughlin here, maybe other places around the city. Yeah, Uh, but it's all over the country from what I understand. Well, anyone can deliver a wild idea to millions of Americans, millions of people in one day. And this blipper law billboard is one example. It was apparently launched um, on thousands of digital billboards all across the Fruited Plain. So it's not just here. It's uh, it's everywhere. Well, Blipper Law, allegedly the first kid-run law firm, has launched their business with thousands of digital billboards across the United States with photos of business-suited children and headlines like Grounded by Your Parents and Is Your Sibling a Doo-Doo Head? The billboards have received more than a few double takes. The firm's website, BlipperLaw.com, lists several law services, including toy wrecks, sibling rivalries, and Halloween candy compensation. With a small startup budget, the law firm used Blip, uh, BlipBillboards.com, an online marketplace for digital billboards, to schedule the one-day nationwide out-of-home campaign. Our company believes that the best products and ideas should win no matter the marketing budget, says Blip Marketing Director Stacy Gustafson. Well, about the unusual and hilarious ads, Blip's creative director added, of course, it is April Fool's Day and it's a joke. We wanted to show people that any crazy idea, artistic endeavor or new business can make a quick and seismic impact using Blip. Well, even if that idea sounds as ridiculous as a law firm run by children, the Blipper Law campaign will begin and did begin today and will run uh, for one day only. So if you happen to go by one of these um, billboards, check it out and see if it, it's running in your place. Anyway, Blip is an online digital billboard marketplace with thousands of locations across the country, and they empower business owners to spread their marketing message anytime, anywhere, with any budget. And, uh, you know, we're talking about this one-day event because you happened to look up, and there it was. It was compelling, and you paid attention. Yeah, I mean, well, what caught my attention first, truthfully, was, why does it say doo-doo head on a billboard? <laughs> And that's literally what it says. We're yeah. not censoring other words. It says doo-doo head. And then I looked at it again, and I see, uh, did your parents steal your Halloween candy? <laughs> Blipper law. And I'm like, okay, this has got to be a pra- this has got to be a practical joke for April Fools. I'm going to look it up when I get to the office. And my, I, I guess there are also kids wearing business suits who are <laughs> yeah part of the part of the ad. Pretty clever. You know, you and I have been talking for weeks now about what are we going to do for April Fools, and it just came, and we missed the whole. The whole thing. We did. Yeah. Although listeners might think the whole show was. Well, that's kind of the yeah. thing. I mean, you know, we, we've had some classic moments over the years. We uh, have. You know, 
my, my personal favorite, at least of the ones we've done together, was the time that we uh, changed the station of the format to polka music. <laughs> and you got to DJ polka music for half hour, whatever it was. Yeah, it was, it was, was good. It was, was jamming. Yeah. yeah. I've actually talked to the GM about going back. You, you know, it's okay, funny, our, our, our program, the program directors for both our station and the fish happened to not be in the office today. We totally could have gotten away with it. <laughs> we still saying. could, James. We still could. Well, since we didn't come up with an April Fool's prank, uh, I did find uh, Babylon B had one I thought was pretty funny. It's Desperate CNN Plus just added these 13 new shows. I had to censor some of them because they wouldn't necessarily... Uh, be appropriate for our listening. But after years of waiting, Babylon B writes, the world finally has the opportunity to subscribe to CNN's new streaming service, CNN Plus. Unfortunately, the launch hasn't gone according to plan as no one signed up. Desperate to save the new streaming platform, CNN has announced a bevy of new shows, among them The Book of Brian Stetler. Basically the same as Brian Stetler's normal news program, except he spices things up by wearing Mandalorian armor. Cool. What about the uh, Teen Wolf Blitzer? A normal high school kid is struck by a horrific curse that makes him transform into Wolf Blitzer in light of the full moon. Then there's uh, Don Lemon DeLorean. Just like Lemon's regular news show, except he holds a baby Yoda the whole time. You know, baby Yoda creeps me out. Uh, you're the, as far as I know, you're the only person on the uh planet who is creeped out everybody else thinks it's one of the cutest things ever yeah it's not and you happen to be wearing a shirt that has at least a hundred small baby yodas on it you're drinking from a mug that has a baby yoda on it I and this be, i uh, think is know, deliberate uh, it, partially but it's you know i admit i'm a fan yeah i know jim uh game of thrones but every character is played by chris wallace uh there's uh, jeopardy but every answer is january 6th I'll take January 6th for $600. What is January 6th? The answer, January 6th. And Survivor, Epstein Island. After filming, they uh, will delete the footage and pretend the story never existed. There's Wheel of Science with Dr. Fauci. This delightful game show will let contestants spin the wheel to find out what the science or Pfizer want them to do today. There's the Muppet View. It's the view, but with Muppets. Unlike the original, this will feature witty and intelligent conversations. And finally, on CNN Plus, the streaming service Shark Tank Plus, a show in which Jeff Zucker makes a pitch to the sharks to please buy CNN Plus for $7 million. These look like pretty great shows. So were there any uh, practical jokes today that, uh, that came close to fooling you at all? No. There weren't none. None got me either. But uh, every once in a while, you get the ones that go, "Boy, I wish that were true." <laughs> I got an email this morning from a company called Gas Buddy. They make an app where, you, which is very handy right now, might I might say, that t- that uh, tells you where the cheapest gas is yeah. in relation to where you're at. And they were unveiling their new app, Bathroom Buddy, which tells <laughs> you the cleanest and closest bathrooms you could possibly use at any given moment. True app. No, unfortunately oh. not. And I was like, oh, I was so di- – I knew it was a joke, but sometimes the jokes are real. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, a an ad on Facebook today for a, a, a Star Wars ring featuring extremely unpopular character Jar Jar Binks. Um, and it, uh, if you go to the page, you can actually order it. 
You actually can't. You yeah, can order, yeah. but will you get something? I, I, that I don't know, but <laughs> it, they've either taken the joke really far or they've taken it too far. Yeah. I'm not sure which. Maybe so. Okay, it's April Fool's Day, so I thought this uh, this second Babylon Bee uh, offering, what is a woman? Nobody knows, not even Supreme Court nominees, but we've come up with a few key indicators to look for. Run through the list and keep track of how many yes answers you come up with. The more affirmatives, the more likely you're a chick. Number one, are you always cold? Unless you're suddenly experiencing a flaming hot season. Number two, has a human ever pooped on you? That means you're probably a mother, makes you a woman. Have you ever decorated a bed with six or more pillows? Can you tell the difference between cream white and rustic farmhouse white? Have you run into a curb in the past 24 hours? Be honest. Actually, I did today. Hate to admit that. Does it take you over three hours to decide what you want to eat? Maybe just under three. Uh, do you frequently describe your emotional state as fine when you're not, in fact, fine? Is your Starbucks drink order anything like other than black coffee? Uh, do you have an, uh, two X chromo- chromosomes? Well, those aren't relevant anymore. Let's see. Um, zero to two answers in the affirmative. There's a small chance you're a dude. Uh, three to five answers. We're getting some real feminine vibes here. Six to eight correct answers starting to look kind of likely that you're probably a woman. Nine to 11, definitely a woman. Twelve. Yep. There you have it. Well, let's see. We need to take a break. Was that right, James? Indeed, it is. Indeed. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll continue to take a look at some of the lighter side of the news on this April Fool's Day. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. A reminder coming up in the second hour, the Christian Outlook. We'll hear this week from uh, Albert Moeller. Dr. Moeller comments on Florida's parental rights and education law. You'll also hear from David Kupal, uh, Kubal, rather, president of Intercessors for America, talking about how God is working through several Christian organizations, ministries in war-torn Ukraine, and retired General Jack Keane to talk about the continuing war in Ukraine. Well, James, a Utah man delivered 100 pounds of handmade cards to Ukrainian children in Poland, saying he had the time and he put them together, went to Ukraine, to uh, Poland rather, and delivered them to the delight of uh, hundreds, hundreds, because it was 100 pounds of handmade cards, hundreds of kids who've been displaced. This was a restaurateur from Utah. He's taken time off so that he could deliver these handmade cards uh, to kids who fled the war. Um, the franchise owner of the Melting Pot, a fondue restaurant chain, felt moved to help with humanitarian relief efforts after he saw members of his church journey to Poland, Ukraine, the border, and uh, all the good work they were doing. So he thought he could do something as well. He uh, uh, has uh, frequent flyer miles. He had time in his schedule, so he decided he would go. First, of course, he had to collect the, the cards. A week later, he booked a flight to Poland with hundreds of cards weighing 100 pounds he said he offered to transport items for uh, for freedom during his week-long trip and that he's um, learned that utah's first lady abby cox launched a letter drive to share words of encouragement with ukrainian children uh, who uh, were left um, have left rather their lives behind and he was able to transport that to uh, to kids who are now in poland so kind of a neat idea yeah, that's a, that's one of those nice stories. You just go, wow, that's 
kind of nifty that somebody's able to do that. I, 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 you go, I'd love to do that. I would ha- be happy to do that. But, you know, you just don't have the time, so you're glad someone's able to. Yeah, and the thing is, these aren't Hallmark cards. These are handmade cards that were handwritten at the pictures, and I think most of them were uh, submitted by children to other children, but 100 pounds of them, so that's pretty cool. That is. Did you know that National Tater Day was um, celebrated on March the 31st? Now, when you say National Tater Day, are you referring to the nickname for the potato? Or the per-tater, you... yes. Okay, I didn't know, because, you know, of course, there's tater tots. So yes, well, there's... If, which is part of the potato, obviously, but I didn't know if there was maybe a separate tater tot day. I don't know if there is, but this is National Tater Day, originally celebrated sweet potatoes in Kentucky. A National Tater Day is observed every year on the 31st of March, and the holiday, holiday, originally started there in Kentucky to celebrate a related tuber, sweet potatoes. Well, the annual holiday, which today, well, yesterday, celebrated all varieties of taters and their associated dishes, traces all the way back to 1843. The first tater day was marked in Kentucky, where growers would bring their uh, wares to town to sell sweet potatoes and purchase potato slips to give them permission to grow the root vegetable. Apparently, you had to have permission. Well, the town of Benton, Kentucky, still observes an annual Tater Day festival to honor the sweet potato. This year's festival uh, runs today through April 1st. So if you have some frequent flyer miters, you care about taters, you might want to go to Kentucky. Uh, other holidays and observances uh, that fell yesterday include Dance Marathon Day, National Prom Day, National Crayon Day, National Clams on the Half Shell Day, and World Backup Day. My my father used to be a big fan of clams on the half shell, and uh, back in the eighties, they had the, the the scratch and sniff sticker craze for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, my family came over, extended family came over for dinner, and my dad had bought a bunch of clams on the half shell. And as people walked in the door, I put scratch and sniff stickers on their hands because that's what a kid does. I mean, I get stickered by my kid all the time, um, and. Yeah, they wound up throwing out the clams because they thought they smelled funny. <laughs> Oops. Nice job, Jim. But but, but uh, the thing I should point out is February 2nd happens to be National Tater Tot Day. Tater Tot Day. So it does indeed have its own holiday. Well, there you go. February 2nd, since 2009, National Tater Tot Day. Well, I'm sorry we missed it, but today happens to be Edible Book Day. Say what? Edible Book Book Day. Now, it originated from a Thanksgiving dinner conversation, an annual April 1st celebration of readable food. It originated in the year 2000 as a result of a Thanksgiving Day conversation between artists. Well, a French-born cut paper artist who settled in New York came up with the idea for a celebration of edible books during a Thanksgiving Day dinner table conversation with a group of book artists. Well, um, Beatrice Coran, she teamed up with Judith Hofberg, co-founder of Forbes Library in Northampton, Massachusetts, and the pair organized the first Edible Book Day on the 1st of April, 2000. The holiday's official website, they have an official website, um, states the dates were chosen because it's the birthday of French gastronome Jean-Antoine Savarin, or something very like that, who wrote the book The Psychology of Taste. Well, the date also coincides with another popular April 1 celebration. April Fool's Day is also the perfect day to eat your words and play with them. Huh? 
Eat your words, the website says. Well, Edible Book Day invites revelers around the world to use edible materials to create books, photograph them, and then eat them. The only uh, rule is to make edible art that is, has something to do with books as shapes and or content, the website says. Uh, by the way, other observances of um, for April the 1st include Hospital Admitting Clerk Day, International Fun at Work Day, International Tatting Day, Library Snapshot Day, National Jump in Muddy Puddles Day, National Sourdough Bread Day, and National Trombone Players Day. Oh, at least I, yeah, I used to play trombone when I was in school, so there we go. I've got a little bit of a holiday going on today. Well, congratulations. Well, yeah. Happy uh, National Trombone Day. Boy, uh, yeah. I, I feel like I need to get an edible book now, though. Do they sell them on Amazon, I wonder? That's a good question. If there's a market for them, you'll find them. They'll sell just about anything. Well, there's a zoo flamingo that flew to freedom some 17 years ago, and that bird is continuing its journey around the United States. Well, the flamingo, who's been nicknamed Pink Floyd, for obvious reasons, was recently spotted earlier in March in Rhodes Point, which is a Cape location in the eastern part of Calhoun County, Texas. Well, social media posts shared by the Texas Parks and Wildlife Agency on Friday uh, that was the 25th, by the way. State the Flamingo was seen walking on a strip of land in the Cape's Cox Bay near Port Levaca or something like that. Well, the wildlife agency credited David Foreman for capturing the three-second clip, which shows Pink Floyd strutted by a flock of seabirds unbothered by the crashing waves. Uh, looks like Pink Floyd has returned from the dark side of the moon. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Coastal Fisheries team wrote on Facebook, Pink Floyd is a local Texas flamingo that escaped the uh, Kansas Zoo in 2005. Kansas Zoo, remind, remember, and has been seen on Texas coast for several years. So the escapee is living a very um, happy and fulfilled life, apparently, on the coast in Texas. Reminds me of the Shawshank Redemption. You know, he escaped... And he's enjoying life on the coast of Texas. What? I said, or Benji. Or Benji. Yeah. Yeah. A, part, a particularly prized copy of the first ever Marvel comic book fetched more than $2.4 million in an online auction. $2.4 million for a comic book that someone just happened to keep for, I'm guessing, a very long time. Known as the Marvel comic number one pay copy, it's arguably one of the top three comic books in the world of comics collecting. The New York-based auctioner sold the book Thursday night, week ago, for a bit under $2,427,800. The buyer's name has not been disclosed. He's an extremely passionate comic book collector and investor who also collects other items. Published in 1939... Marvel Comics number one introduced characters including Submariner and the original Human Torch, a precursor of the uh, character of the same name that was later a member of Marvel's Fantastic Four. The book launched what became the Marvel Universe of comics, movies, TV shows, and video games. A very well-preserved pay copy is especially sought after because it bears the publisher's handwritten notes recording how much the multiple writers and artists were paid. For example, Frank Paul... Uh, earned $25 for drawing the cover of a book now worth nearly 100,000 times that much. Now, if I recall correctly, I saw a picture of it um, last week when it sold, and I believe the original cover price was $0.05. Cents. <laughs> um, and now it went for $2.4 million, which, 
I think it's just slightly below the current inflation rate. So that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I, I just can't imagine spending that much money on something as frivolous as a comic book. Now, I guess the purchaser sees it as something of an investment, but really with everything that's going on in the world. It's, you know, those, there, there are definitely investment level comic books. I've, I've seen a few in my lifetime, but uh, uh, I'll, I'll pay cover price. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're out of time. We're going to take a break for news and traffic here at the top of the hour. And when we return, this week's Christian Outlook. I had the opportunity to host. I hope you'll enjoy it. We'll be back. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G. Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.